branch in the trees. It's coming. When I was a child, running in the night, afraid of what I might be. Hiding in the dark, hiding in the street, and the world was full of enemies. The haunts of love haunting. Hello, and welcome to Community Quest episode 279. I'm your host. Mike Apps staring at a frozen Steam Deck stream, and with me as always, ask me about ETH, David McBurney, Penguin Master. That's my catchphrase. Too late, motherfucker. And uh, let's not and say we did. Some um, semi-regular, currently co-host Michael Baker, Gaiji Minogatari. Hi. Ugh. So. Happy back. Yay. Yay. Should have more times available in November as well. Excellent. On Thursdays or Fridays. Uh, but we'll be skipping next week, just for the record. <laughs> oh. We are? Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, and uh, is it next week? I don't know. Sometime soon you're going to be receiving a package from Amazon Japan. Oh, I better get the rest of my stuff finished. Yes. Oh, it's I, a I need big to write one. Up that impression of, I need to rewrite that impression of Trinity Trigger as well. So, so yeah, sad to say, if I had to review it, it'd probably be getting a three. No, that's... that's a shame. It's a shame. Doesn't make it I mean, a bad it, game, though. I mean... <laughs> Oh no! I mean, the the gameplay's not bad at all. It, I haven't, I've not had a chance to try the co-op mode just because I don't have anyone to play with. Um, but it's, I mean, it's got local co-op, so that's always fun as well. Um, um, I mainly am picking the plot to shreds <laughs> because it's not the best-paced thing I've ever played. Um, Fast-paced, yes. Well-paced, no. I'm like level 42 and not quite 11 hours into it. Got a, just a little issue here. Okay. Am I on? Yes, you are. Okay, okay. Sorry, like, we... Dudes, dudes my, my connectivity issues have been coming up again. I get very nervous in this like five... Solid seconds of nothing. Sorry, sorry. We yeah, we I'm also trying not to chew and stick to the microphone. This is also our second uh, podcast of the night. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yes, we just did backtrack. On the other hand, I get I'm I really need to actually try and figure out how to use was it OBS for streaming, just so I can get some video captures of the outbound ghost for the re video reviews, guys. Uh. Is that good? Bad? Good? Good? Please say good. This one, it's really cute. It's generally well done. Um, the biggest critique I can make on it is that the guy needed a slightly better proofreader to find all the comma errors. Uh, mostly missing ones. But then again, I am a an English teacher and occasional proofreader, so I'm not the best person to talk to about this. Uh... <laughs> or the best person, not the right person to be reviewing on this, I guess. More likely to notice it. Yeah, but yeah it, 
yeah, Outbound to Ghost is adorable, and I'm very amazed that this guy managed to make it from, like, age 19 to age 22. It's just, like, this is a really nice first game. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm holding out for the Switch version of that. Mm-hmm. But it looked really, really promising. And af after playing Bug Fables, I'm definitely interested in more Paper Mario-inspired games. Yeah. Yeah, it's also nice that some of the minor issues I was having along the way got fixed in patches while I was playing. Oh, that's always nice. Yeah. So, like, there's there are plenty of puzzles that just involve you find locating and lighting torches. And... Overnight, I got a patch release that made it possible to find those torches on the mini-map. Nice. Made some of these puzzles a lot easier to figure out. Nice. Yeah. Is it Dave's turn to talk about Legend of Heroes now? I oh, know he's been playing the sandwich. I got like two more mice now. Okay. Well, I can talk I a little say about. You, so you finished third. Yeah. I I... You finished. Mm -hmm. You oh, did. Yes. So what you are you did, playing? Yeah. Uh, I've been playing Trails in the Sky Part One because now I want to regain my Falcom cred. So I'm starting from there, and I'm gonna work my way along. Which uh, it's a, a definitely a game I wish I had just played through back in the day because it's wonderful um that said i'm sick of the psp <laughs> and i desperately want to finish this one because <clears throat> i've got chapter two ready to go on the steam deck and on the computer and we'll have cloud saves then so i don't have to be terrorized of something weird happening with the psp and losing my save so uh, having fun, but eager to move on to the second game in a different platform. You've got to be pretty deep into the final chapter of chapter one. You're getting there, yeah. In the capital, going around doing stuff. Good old Grand Cell. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I've been playing lots of Destiny 2. Uh, I have finally did the new raid that was added in the newest expansion just really cool and now i'm addicted to it and have been making poor life decisions staying up way too late playing said raid so uh i also may actually finally write my review of destiny 2 the witch queen now that i that was the last like piece of content from the base expansion i hadn't played yet so i kind of want to go and actually write that review so <laughs> I think I will actually do that. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's that's me, and I'm going to go and finish East 9 soon before Dave beats me to it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, on Thursday, for some reason, I gotta be in my bonnet, but I'm gonna beat East 1 tonight. And so I did! I just booted it up and played through all of it. And it's good. I was playing the Chronicles version, but with the mm -hmm. uh, PC-88 soundtrack, because that wasn't the version of the soundtrack I heard much. It's still really good. Uh, 
And then, since I'd done one, it's like, well, might as well do two. They're basically kind of the same game. So, moved on to East 2. Blazed through that. And then I was like, I, want, I, I should keep this momentum going. But I've already played Oath and Felgana. And, you know, it would feel weird to do that in sequence anyway, because it was made so much later. So I played Wanderers from East, the TurboGrafx CD version. <laughs> and that is actually a good game. I enjoyed it. Um, and it's fascinating to play it in light of having also played Oath and Falgana, because they are 100%, like, you can see set pieces being translated from this 2D side-scrolling view into this... Uh, into the overhead 3D view of Oath and Falgana. And that's really cool looking. But in general, it's uh, Wanderers from East is... I wouldn't want all the East games to play like that, but as a one-off, it's pretty good. And uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, the TurboGrafx CD dub sucks shit, and that's great. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's interesting as like an artifact of there was an entire like subgenre of action RPG on the uh, on Japanese PCs of that era that was basically like top-down overworld side-scrolling towns and dungeons. Like there are a bunch of games that are like that, uh, but they're all they're primarily for Japanese PCs. The most obvious. Uh, kind of uh, obvious of that kind of game on uh, in, in any other uh, platform that you could think of would be Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. A.K.A. the worst Zelda. <laughs> Regardless, it's, it's very much like Nintendo's take on that same idea that existed on Japanese PCs at the time, which makes sense because Zelda was the flagship uh, franchise for the Famicom Disk System which was designed to allow for these longer, more PC-like experiences to work on the Famicom. So, Zelda 2 takes some inspiration from it. it it's fascinating, like, you, you see these design parallels and what's going on. But yeah, I wonder for me, it's, it's a pretty good game. It's weird because Adol talks in it, and he talks a lot. Like, he has opinions on this plot, and it's weird for him to say them. <laughs> uh, they would they would basically never do this again. Uh, he he basically like I think Oath and Belgana cuts all of his dialogue. It just goes back to sort of implying what he's saying. But yeah, uh, so I finished that Oath and Belgana. Uh, Wanderers from East is like three to four hours long. It's it's a very short game. So once I finished that, I decided that, oh no, I've made this a project. And so... You must continue the quest. Yeah, so I played E4 Mask of the Sun. That's a is, Super Nintendo uh, one, right? Yeah. So for those who uh, missed the history lesson, uh, when uh, after E3, Falcom lost a ton of staff, and did not have the manpower to make uh, an E3 internally. Like, that team was basically gone. 
uh, not in East 3, in East 4 internally. That team was basically gone. Uh, I'm not sure how this ended up happening. I'm From what I've, what few sources I've seen talk about it, it sounds like maybe Hudson approached them on the basis that East 1 through 3 were popular on the PC engine. But uh, basically, they ended up producing no East 4 of their own at the time, but a design document and a bunch of music, which is very funny to me. Uh, and two of their... So, allegedly, at least four different companies had versions of East 4 in production at some point. Also, your stream's gone yeah. funny, Wheels. Uh, yes. But Doesn't seem to like this third-party doc. That sucks. It's fine. Uh, the the uh, official one will be in soon. Gotcha. But uh, allegedly, there were four different versions of East Four in production at one point. Uh, there was a East Four that was also apparently subtitled "Mask of the Sun," being produced by Sega Falcom. Who had done Popful Mail and uh, mm -hmm. ports of like Popful Mail and Lord Monarch and Tresarian to the uh, to Sega platforms? Uh, that reminds me, I need to play through Sorcerian to the end, actually. Yeah, I always wish that there was an English translation of Sorcerian. I don't like there might be one of like the MSX2 version or something. And maybe they'll translate the one that's on Switch eventually. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. But. Uh, yeah, so like all of like that that version was announced in like a Famitsu and was allegedly like it was also called Mask of the Sun, but very little else is known about it. Uh, also, hi, Smoking Joe. He's in the chat. Um, the, the actual the, fuck. What the actual fuck? Nothing good. Um, and I'm just gonna allegedly open up my display uh, capture here, so. Yeah. But yeah, Sorry. allegedly there was also a version in development for Korean PCs by a company called Mantra. Uh, mm -hmm. Mantra had previously made a version of East 2 for Korean PCs called East 2 Special. And everything I have heard about that version of East 2 is fucking insane. Like, that is a weird-ass version of East 2. In a good way or a bad way? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> like to put it to put it lightly, it seems to have at least doubled the game's length by adding in a ton of extra dungeons. Uh, mm -hmm. It ha it has an attack button. Uh, mm -hmm. It has a bunch of additional characters. Uh, for some reason, it adds elves and dwarves to the story. Okay. Uh, it has a bonus dungeon that apparently confers the best equipment in the game, and you get, when you reach the end of it and get the best equipment, you're getting them from the, like, semi-mythical, like, founder of Korea. Okay. It's an extremely strange game, uh, and obviously no English or translation to any other language, uh, but also apparently very buggy, and uh, was difficult to get working even at the time. Uh, so yeah, uh, Mantra was apparently in, in talks to make their own version of East 4. That never happened. Uh, 
He fire miner, he zim, he (laughs) joe. But yeah. uh, So you had uh, four different versions of each four in production at the time. Two of them end up coming out. Mask of the Sun from Tonkin House comes out first by like a month, uh, but allegedly enters production later. So a much more abridged production time for East 4 Mask of the Sun. And it is, to use a baseball term, a replacement level action RPG. Wales, you go ahead and translate translate what that would mean. (laughs) Translate what? Translate what that would mean. Oh. A replacement level action RPG. Uh, I don't know. Like a like a replacement level baseball player. Oh. <laughs> so it's really bad. Listen, listen. It is below average, but fine. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's not very good, but it's like not horrible. It's not the worst thing you've ever played, but it. Sure looks a lot worse. Uh, put it this way, Don of East is many wins above replacement. <laughs> mm. But uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Firemaner says someone released a beta translation patch for the Falcon compilation on Saturn. Has East Xanadu and Dragon Slayer. Those are very different versions. That would be, I would like to play at least that version of Xanadu because I've never played any version of Xanadu 1. Uh, uh, I'll have to look into that. Thanks, Farmer. Um, let's see. I just want to get a translation patch for Princess Crown on Saturn. We are not aware of site. Please ask Google. Um, alternatively, you should probably check ROM hacking. That's probably where the patch would be most. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I uh, played Mask of the Sun. Uh, and the, th- the thing that's been fascinating about playing Mask of the Sun and then starting in on Donovese, which is where I'm at right now, is trying to reverse engineer what the design document was and what it had outlined for- entirely from what games were produced from it. Uh, because Mask of the Sun and Donovese share a number of things. The core premise is obviously the same. Uh, Adol, you know, gets called to Salsetta from the uh, from the uh, setting of East One in both of them. Uh, he uh, ends up running into three jackasses that are trying to uh, gain the power of an evil god, that sort of thing. It all tie- ends up tying back into the origins of the goddesses of East and where they came from, and how uh, East, uh, East Asteria and Salsetta are connected, that sort of thing. All of those are seemingly common, but like large swaths of what the villain faction is, what they're doing, and what their backstory is are completely different between versions. Uh, the towns, uh, most of the towns exist in all the versions, but they often have nothing to, they, like, who's in them and what they're doing is completely unrelated. Uh, like, it's, it's weird. It is, it is weird to try to 
work out, okay, what did Falcom actually give them to work from? Like, what was in this design document? Uh, and it seems like Falcom's own design document, heavily, uh, Falcom's own version, Memories of Salsetta, completely deviates from this as well. So it's, it's very hard to determine just from the games themselves what was outlined in this initial pitch. But it's also really fascinating to try to work out, okay, what were these people actually given to work on? And yeah, allegedly Mask of the Sun uh, hews closer to what Falcom asked for. Uh, like in terms of the Dawn of East makes takes a number of creative liberties uh, seemingly to just sort of reference uh, Hudson's own version of East 1 and 2, which is a wonderful version, still one of the best, but, you know, it has its own weird deviations. Uh, one of the most obvious ones that this one references back to is uh, if you've ever played East 1, uh, one of the impetuses that pushes Adel on his quest is that he runs into a fortune teller who's like, hey, you should go uh, check this shit out. And then when you get back, uh, after checking out the like, shrine she told you to check out, uh, you just find someone there who's like, yeah, she died. Someone killed her. Uh, which mm. gives the gives the quest a sense of like, okay, someone is really definitely trying to stop me from doing shit. Uh the Hudson version didn't kill her. Uh, yeah. In the Hudson version, she gets uh, the East Book 1 and 2 for uh, PC Engine CD. Uh, she leaves behind a note that says she's gone into hiding so as not to be killed. Uh, and so their version of East 4, uh, in, uh, in Mas East 4 Mask of the Sun, the impetus for Adol going on his journey is he literally just finds a message in a bottle. Uh, floating in the ocean. And it's basically someone saying someone needs to help us in Salsetta. And so he just, uh, good enough excuse to go somewhere and goes. Uh, so when did Edel ever need an excuse to go anywhere? Pretty much. Uh, in, in, and in fact, in Falcon's own version, Memories of Salsetta, uh, Edel just sort of went there because he wanted to try to map out the big forest. Uh, but in... Uh, in Mask of Sun, so he, he just sort of uh, goes off to follow the the message in a bottle, and uh, it gives him less adventurous, more generically heroic motivations, just by virtue of the fact that uh, he's you know a, he's just uh, he he talks a lot, and he's basically like, oh, I have to help these people. Uh, Also, Fireminer saying in the chat, anyone here going to buy the remaster of Grim Grim Water? Uh, I'm skipping it because I don't care about RTS games. Uh, also, Pew said, ooh, Elden Ring don't die, and then I promptly died multiple times. Like four times. But, Twice. Yeah. Twice. Is there a pyromancer in Elden Ring? Mm -hmm. uh, most important question when it comes to choosing which version of East 1 to play, except the remake, is which one has the animated intro? Fair, but actually the real most important question is what's your preferred soundtrack? Uh, also, hey, glad to see Gaijin back. Hey. But, 
uh, to finish out these thoughts. Uh, in in Dawn of East, because they didn't kill off the fortune teller, uh, the fortune teller is the one that tells you, hey, you need to go to Selsetta. Which, you know, it's a, it's a cute thing to do. Uh, it's not uh, it's not revolutionary, but it, it's one of those things where it also like puts the game out of compliance with the canon of the prior games. So, uh, As we very know, much. You know, Falcom is so so invested in keeping everything in that series one hundred percent canon. <laughs> it was part of the reason that before Falcom made its own version, when they included versions of the old games, they would include. Mask of the, they would include Mask of, Mask of the Sun in their collections. Uh, uh, Smoking Joe says, pick Confessor, Faith, uh, plus Arcan Arcane, Fire Spells, and Dragon Breath Incantations. Uh, uh, yeah, like in as much as they care about the lore and the canon, they decided that Mask of the Sun was canon until they made their own memories of Celsetta. There's actually a PS2 uh, East 4, called East 4 Master of the Sun, A New Theory, and I have no desire to play that, but I don't know, maybe when I'm when I'm finishing East 6, I'll think about playing that just to see what it looks like. But yeah, so uh, apparently I'm in this for the long haul, uh, because I'm just really fucking stupid. Um, uh, Joe says, pyromancies are just incantations now. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've been, uh, I, I've apparently committed myself to just doing at least one version of all these games and trying to do most of the synced versions. Uh, let's see, I left the stream last time before you defended the Wii. I thought Logic is the play date best handheld on the market right now. No. Uh, and how would people from 10, ten years from now look at the playdate? They won't be able to because it's a boutique handheld that sold 200,000 units, and basically it will be impossible to find in working order because that crank is going to snap off. <clears throat> but realistically, uh, like, you know, there, it's, it's a, the difference of scale eventually becomes a difference of type in the case. But, let's see. Uh, so yeah, been playing a bunch of East, uh, seeing if I can get through the Dawn of East before I have to head off on my vacation, because I will be away from my uh, Dawn of East playing devices uh, during that period. But, Where are you going? Oh, I'm just, just heading down to SF. Just a quick one-week trip. But... Yeah, uh, so won't be able to uh, play any more East at that point for a little while, but my brain has been cooking up like this horrible like Falcom uh, quest that I'm apparently thinking of going through because I was looking at uh, what options existed for Brandish and Zvi and... Oh, no. Uh, hmm? oh, no. I'm just like, okay, Brandish and Zvi, all right. Brandish, Zvi, uh, Xanadu. What's that? Zvi 2, which should have been named Dre. 
Yeah, it, it should have been, but it was not. Vi to the Ovarden uh, insurrection. Uh, the Xanadu games, which apparently there's a... There's, I can at least... <clears throat> can at least play the Saturn version of original Xanadu, which could probably be quite different, but at least it'll be a version of the original Xanadu. Tokyo Xanadu. Oh, like, that's going to be part of it, but, like, I'm doing these in some sort of vague order. I was even looking at an N-Gage emulator to play the bad version of Xanadu next, at least. Uh, so that's a bad idea that I'm in the process of having. I'm trying to remember, how does Fex Xanadu fit in with Xanadu? Fazanadu uh, was a seemingly just like an unrelated game that's taking inspiration from Xanadu's uh, like playstyle made by Hudson. So I'll probably spend some time with Fazanadu. Uh, and of course, Popful Mail, as Fireminer mentions in the chat. I love Popful Mail. But yeah, I'm sort of just going down like, what ones can I actually play? Like, there's basically no English versions of like Sorcerian or half the Dragon Slayer spin-offs. There's a really nice remake of Brandish on PSP. Yeah, Dark Revenant. I, I was looking at like what my options were, and it's like, well, I can't. There's no translations of the original P PC versions of Brandish, so I'm just gonna have to like bite the bullet and play. Uh, like some sort of re uh, of remaster or remake, so it's probably going to be Dark Revenant because I don't want to play the Super Nintendo version. Uh, <laughs> oh, there is apparently a PC version of Lord Monarch. I'll pencil that in. Uh, an English version, I should say, on PC. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I'll do Brandish one, and I know that Planet Buster has a fan translation. I don't know if three does, and I'm frankly uninterested in BT Brandish. But I don't think that has an English translation either way. Uh, as VT Brandish or Brandish 4. Uh, but yeah, just kind of kind of hitting all of the major Falcom franchises. Hell, I'll even see if I can play Guru Man. Which I believe <laughs> is Falcom as well. Yes, it is. It's decent. It is. Yeah, it's decent. I think it eventually wound up on 3DS for some reason. It sure did. Digital but, only. Yep, now lost a time. Uh, <coughs> well, I mean, the 3DS store is still open till next March, right? Uh, not to buy anything, only to re-download. Oh, okay. Yeah, lost a time. And I, I don't think there's any end date for that either. Yeah. I think you might still be able to download things. You can't add currency anymore. But, uh... Monarch is free to download from a website that comes straight from the 90s. Hell yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm just sort of doing like a... Well, why would I stop at any given Falcom when I could be just a complete imbecile and play all of them? <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's the hope. That's the dream. That's the plan. Like the the Legend of Heroes will continue until morale improves, but so will the rest of the Falcon. Um, anyone here bought all the DLC for Soul Hackers too? Because I've just made a terrible decision, says Fireminer. Uh, nope, still still holding out that there might be a Switch version at some point because it would be easier for me yep. to play it there. I only bought what came with the the Deluxe Edition, which included Persona Five costumes. Wait no, that was the oh, day one. Cool. That was a day one thing. Never mind, that wasn't the, the, the digital deluxe. That was day one. 
still that that outlines what you've got. Yeah. Um, I might grab the Steam version if I ever get a Steam Deck, but that's a big if because it's a lot to blow on a Tinker toy. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, consider me to have embarked on another really, really fucking stupid project. I don't know why I do this. Uh, but hey, East is fun. I'm enjoying that. I'll finally, eventually get the chance to make use of the nice copy of East 9 Monster Knox that Wheel sent me. Do I? I don't remember why you did that, but I appreciated it. I don't remember either. <laughs> I think I think I think somebody gave it to me and I already had it, so it's like okay, pay it forward. Uh, Red love, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd be waiting for the Switch version of Soul Hackers in any case because I'm pretty sure it would kill my computer if I tried that. Uh, it's I mean it's Unity. It's not too intense. Yeah, but my computer's starting to get old, and it's occasionally having issues getting outbound Ghost started. Okay, that's not but, a good sign, then. Never mind. Yeah. The digital deluxe version is... Uh, the only version that has all the DLC, including the bonus story. Okay. Right. I know I got the bonus story. So I guess you have all the DLC. I guess so. <laughs> not that I plan yeah. on actually playing through that anytime yeah. soon, but I will be messing with an indication. Steam, Mostly because Steam you deck. have like a sense of keeping up with the Joneses at this stage. Yeah. I, I, I just drive you to all your worst decisions. Okay. It's just like, I, I want to heavily support this because I want more SMT spinoffs. Not because I don't like Persona. I love Persona. But because I want it's more nice things. I have all of them. Yeah, I want more <laughs> things like Devil Survivor. I'd love a Devil Survivor 3. How about a right, uh, another game in the Rido style? Yeah. But it feels like every... they just have full remakes of the Rido games. Yeah, it just feels like everything, even though some of them haven't been the greatest quality, just gets written off because they aren't Persona, and I find that very frustrating. Hmm. But yeah, I'm gonna keep seeing if I can eventually drive wheels insane by uh, being uh, by becoming the Lord of East. <sighs> There can be only one. No one ever said it was easy. I, I am the master of bumping <laughs> combat here. Yeah, but what difficulty are you playing these games on? Usually the standard one. A lot of them mm. don't have separate difficulty modes. Mm, all right, talk to me when you beat Oath and Fulgan on hard. On PC, playing play using on... keyboard. Because that's what I Why did. did I do that? That's Why what did I you did. do that? You, you did it to hurt yourself, I guess? Because I imported it before there was an official version. <laughs> good work, good work. But that makes you an expert at Ocean Felgana. Okay, <laughs> true. At least someone who's swearing a lot. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. What I hadn't heard from the Megaten fandom, while everyone knows how little budget Atlas escaped Soul Hackers 2, not all the police, dungeon designer, the bosses. Yeah, but that's the Megaten fandom. That's how they always are. Yeah, they're whiny and terrible. Oh, yeah. I uh, My exposure to the Megaten fandom is that I once saw, saw one of them. I can't tell how ironically take their copy of Shin Megami Tensei on a like tour of Tokyo, and that was like something where I, as one of the worst nerds on God's Green Earth, thought I want to shove you in a locker so goddamn hard. 
<laughs> so Hagar's much easier than SMT5, that's the gist of it. It should be. The SMT, the main series is usually the hardest, aren't they? Yeah, I can't. Uh, like, back in the day, it was hard to tell because a lot of them were kind of badly designed. So yeah. it was hard to tell which ones were intentionally hard and like, which ones weren't. It seems to me like people don't, people have weird expectations for what any given SMT game is that I just, I, I, I don't get. There's there's like, some weird... Like, I saw all kinds of complaints about the not having a lot of characters or dialogue in SMT5. It's just like... You just get, like, a, okay. every, every, um, every game gets attacked from a different side of the Splintered Phantom. Yeah, it's it I mean, sucks. I remember when I was criticizing SMT5, it was mostly for things that I could tell could have been done within what they already had and which were not done. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe like someday I'm, it'll get Maniacs DLC. Yeah, I'm not saying any of these games yeah. are bereft of problems. It's just... The things they are actually complaining about in that You're seem asking weird for it, to me. For it to be a different kind of game. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But yeah. So let the let the Falcom times roll. Uh, like the team that tried to retranslate Persona to Eternal quit because they received death threats. Uh, I think it's more just that they that someone did. Did like a weird minor re-edit of the PS1 translation plus the uh, old Tumblr translation of the bonus scenario and inserted it before they could. So they just were like, well, that's done. That's as far as I can tell is what happened. The answer is that uh, any uh, fandom as insular and weird as hardcore SMP fandom is full of people that are doing things for reasons that are orthogonal to human to yeah. the like sound human mind. Plus, you combo that with people that are only <laughs> fans of Persona. So when they go and play these offshoots, they don't seem to have the context. You have people that are only fans of Persona. But you also have people who are convinced that anything that's a deviation from their uh, other more niche version of Shin Megami Tensei is a fundamental failure. <laughs> like, Prisana was the outlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in conclusion, uh, let's all play East. In conclusion, I'm going to buy all the Soul Hackers DLC, even if the game isn't great, because fuck y'all! That's why. Uh, some, fandoms get, some fandoms get better, though, like the Fire Emblem fandom in the years after Awakening. Oh yeah, like getting larger is usually uh, to some extent a good thing, because it just means that, like... The, the thing is that, like, within the subsets of different fandoms of Shin Megami Tensei, you end up with a lot of the kind of person that's sort of essentially the same as the kind of person who like refuses to acknowledge any uh, Fire Emblem game that has the ability to turn off permadeath, for example. Like the kind of yeah, just old grognards that are like very, very bitter because games are not typically made for them. <laughs> In game were not typically made for them to begin with. It's just that they identified themselves too much with one. With a yeah. early version, and they molded themselves to it. Yeah, so it's good when like the fandoms get large enough that you don't have to interact with Grognards if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, they didn't oh my. Up. they're very they're very they're very aggrieved and very tiresome. Uh, yeah. Hey, Fire Emblem Engage. Soon. Yeah. I mean, when I like to engage in people of fandom, I like people that are positive because they like the things. So you should be positive about the things, even if they aren't perfect. Because I thought you liked the fucking thing. <laughs> so the negative. We don't like the other people like it. Yeah, it's just... uh... In conclusion, everyone has to. Everyone, uh, if someone comments about whether I have to play East Four, Master of the Sun, and New Fury, I will fight them. But also, I might do it anyway. <laughs> but that would be after uh, Kevin and Ark of Nepishtim. Yeah. Got a system here. Uh. I think Oath and Pagana is can't believe you're trying to steal my catchphrase. <laughs> it's just very funny. It's literally Sometimes. my title on a forum I used to frequent, both of us used to frequent, was Ask Me About East. It was that way for like 10 years. It was. <laughs> Incredibly funny. You it was. You your title once and then never again. <laughs> It was because I was one of those weirdos that imported Oath and Fulganon, played the fan translation, and then did the same for like East Origin, and was yelling at everyone to play him. And now everyone is playing them, and I haven't played a bunch of them now because <laughs> there's so too many games. Uh, I'm looking forward to properly finishing East Origin. It looks fun. It's very fun, and I'll have. And I'll have a nice, fresh-in-my-mind reminder of what it's referencing. <laughs> uh, I should have grabbed the Switch version, but I didn't. Oh, well. Might have an extra uh, copy. Why? <laughs> of course you do. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's, that's what I've been playing. Just a lot of East. And a lot more East to come. But I won't be playing East on the train. I'll be playing Trails from Zero. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sad news about Trails from Zero happened this oh, week. Oh, yeah, that sucked. That yeah, sucked really it bad. really, really sucked. Uh, one of the, it was one of the people that worked on the original fan translation, right? Yeah, but that was also the official translation. Yes, so. right. So, yeah, somebody that worked on the translation of that passed away this week. Yeah, let me. I want to like at least give them by name instead yeah. of just somebody who worked on it. But I'm trying to remember. Uh, you can look at my Twitter because I, I retweeted a few things about it. Yeah, but how long ago? <laughs> it was like yesterday. Okay, it shouldn't be too long. Let me just pop yeah. in there. You, we'll stretch. Say things while I'm looking. Um. <laughs> The um, ba, ba, ba. other death in other deaths, Angela Lansbury. Oh, yeah. yeah, that sucks. Yeah, really, murder she wrote. So the mom on Manchurian Candidate, she was freaky scary on that. Oh. <laughs> okay, um, Ben Broomsticks. Very good. Okay, it was. It was. It was. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Daniel Scotty Harina. Okay. And yeah, he uh he passed away uh just a few days back. 
uh, he was a uh, he did he did like localization uh, as both a uh, in both professional capacity and as uh, part of the uh, team that did the English translations of Trails from Zero and Trails to Azure. So we've yet to see his last official work. Uh, be released because Trails to Azure's translation was also <clears throat> uh, is, is also being used in the official release. Wow. Okay. And uh, one of his uh, there's a message from him in one of the chests apparently. Oh. Uh, the Geofront just uh, just uh, tweeted that had tweeted this up out about him. Uh, there's a quote from him Trails means the world to me too I'm grateful I could share my world and my favorite story in it with you thank you for giving us a chance mm. so R.I.P yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah to play, play the games there's a good reason he was clearly very passionate about them so yeah to, to have the kind of passion necessary to fan translate anything yeah. with the volume of text that Trails has is wild. Yeah. So, and I mean, they got paid eventually, but they originally did it. <laughs> that was for, not. That was not a guarantee at any stage. Yeah. That takes nope. the special kind of passion. Yeah. Apparently, they also did a translation of East versus Trails in the Sky, but that's never been translated. It never been ported to anything. Yeah. <clears throat> East versus Trails in the Sky. Yeah. It was a. <clears throat> it was a fighting game, crossover fighting game that they did. Uh, back on the PSP. Yeah, that's uh, a weird it game. Has, it has a bunch of music from like older Legend of Heroes games. Uh, everyone go listen to Stopper from Legend of Heroes 2, please. <laughs> it's really good. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that's... That was that was really tragic to hear about. Is there any happy news this week? Um, doesn't sound. Yakuza games are on sale on Steam. Yeah, but now they're called like a dragon game. We'll give Evil Tonight is on sale. Um, I guess it's not technically this week, but um, Near Automatic came out last week on Switch. It's a very nice port. Yeah, a friend sent me that. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. but, but it was weird to play that, and then I've obviously been trying to finish Bayonetta 2, go back to that, and, and just be like, this is a game from Wii U, and it looks a million times better than Nier. <laughs> Shots fired. I, I mean, maybe not like from a technical perspective. I'd have to like compare them a lot more, but just like... Oh look, I'm pl fighting some bland, boring robots in a pretty environment. Okay, this is nice. And then play Bayonetta. Uh, I, was actually, I was actually saying shots fired in reference to the art direction. Oh, you're okay. gonna get some pushback on that. In terms of Bayonetta being better, there, there are definitely people who adore Nier's art direction. So. I think it sucks, but okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I that's, that's you being harsh. But... Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I I think the android designs are cool. I <laughs> I, I dig the sexy androids. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie at all. Uh, uh, but like, 
yeah, it was just, just happened to be, you know, I played the opening of Near Automata last week and was playing Bayonetta, and it's like, oh, hey, there's here's here's a fight against a Lumen Sage where they both summon, like, an angel and the demon, and, like, there's a kaiju battle, basically, juxtaposed against your battle against the Lumen Sage, and it is, like, really, hmm. really cool. So... yeah. I- I guess what I was... battles are just kind of crazy to begin with. Mm-hmm. For sure. It, to, to some extent, it's also that uh, Automata's color palette is extremely muted. Yeah. Like, extremely, extremely muted. Whereas, like, Bayonetta is a primary color explosion. Especially to... Yeah. So. Kind of get some differences of taste on that one. But in general, I prefer the primary color explosion as well. Um... But yeah, it's uh, the like hats off to the uh, people working at Virtuous on the near Automata switch part, which is an extremely impressive part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting watching the Digital Foundry video on it, where they were like, "In in some ways, this looks better than the PS4 and Xbox version," <laughs> because they had to completely redo how the uh, rendering techniques were so like uh, you know because they were having to optimize so heavily they redid how the rendering was done and the rendering techniques are a lot more modern and look a little nicer in places so also uh smoking joe says press right trigger uh, press right trigger right after walking yes <laughs> yes i know joe and don't forget i'm like half paying attention while playing this and talking at the same time <laughs> And also, my is no longer showing up as available to stream now. Thanks, That's Steam Deck. Let's let's hit some questions that were left on episode two seventy seven. This one very from, closely related question, I remember. Yeah, uh, this one's from a good friend uh, and staff member, Strawberry Eggs. The reason Arcrise Fantasia feels like a Tales game, and Tales Mediva specifically, is because several of Arcrise Fantasia's developers also worked on Tales games. Uh, Arcrise Fantasia's director, Hiroyuki uh, Kanemaru, worked on Tales of Symphonia. GC uh, designer and programmer uh, Yoshiki Ayuchi uh, uh, worked on Symphonia, Legendia, Abyss, and Zestiria. Battle designer and programmer Osamu Kusano worked on Symphonia, Abyss, and Berseria, and scenario writer slash supervisor Takumi Miyajima also worked on the script for Symphonia, Symphonia Dawn of the New World, Abyss, and the mobile title Tales of the Race. Sometimes think of Arc Rise Fantasia being the Tales and Luminous Arc mashup I never knew I wanted. Too bad it doesn't have an English localization to match. That made me think of a question. Is there any RPG that you would like to see remade or receive some sort of re-release, mostly to fix the localization? Well, before about a month ago, I would have probably said Suikoden to this. Well, it's already <laughs> happening. Yeah, now that that's <laughs> happening, I have to dig deep. I mean, uh, did Final Fantasy V ever get a better translation officially? Yeah. The GBA one's quite good. Yeah, I think the okay. Pixel remaster is good, too. Yeah, I think okay. they might use like at least the same basic script yeah, yeah. uh i i think the the first three psb legend of hero games would love retrans the gagar trilogy would be great yeah, yeah. Uh, like 
it's it's one of those things like honestly i i, I would love like a proper uh, a full-on like my dream version to play in English is actually the Saturn version of Legend of Heroes 3, because that one, like, if you go look at the pixel art, it's really pretty looking. I'll it's be right really back. Pretty. It was done by Hudson. It was, like, their last, like, Falcon for and Hudson and its prime made a damn good Falcon port. They, uh, their, their versions of uh, Legend of Heroes 1 and East books, uh, East one and two, and presumably Legend of Heroes two, are, uh, are, and East three even like if you're just looking at Wanderers, are basically the definitive versions of those games. And so I'd, I'd really like to play that version, but like just in general, the Gagarin games, uh, which would be Legend of Heroes three, four, and five, uh, could definitely use a nice uh, top to bottom relocalization. You can 100% tell what's going on in those games, but they're not they're, they're not great. There's a lot of like typos and copy editing and just kind of bland writing. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, we all stole the good one. <laughs> so let's stretch a bit back then. Um, you know what? Robotrek. <laughs> slapstick? Yep, Slapstick. Just because I, I mean... 20 years later, I still remember some of the oddities in that game's script. <laughs> and it's it's never quite clear what's going on half the time, and it's uncertain how much of that is being a bad translation, how much of it is being a quintet game. I never Difficult had a chance to, to play in Japanese, so I couldn't tell on that, but... Yeah, but I mean, anytime, I mean, I, I love to keep bringing this up, but anytime you actually manage to misspell the same NPC's name four different ways in different contexts, um, yeah. just says a lot about your ability to quality control your own translation. Yeah, copy edit just completely failed there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, a... I, I still just remember random sentences that I mean they were grammatically correct, but at the same time, they did not fit the conversation. They didn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, like, um, like a two literal translation of like bikrishta, which is which is an exclamation of surprise in Japanese, but it translates most literally as "Oh, I was surprised." Yeah, which is just not a which thing is, anyone's actually going to say. <laughs> and tonally, it just does not work with the situation, even if it is in fact the most accurate translation of what that lady just said. Yeah. Uh, it's accurate to the statement, but not accurate to what it means. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Arc Rise for me would also be on this list. So I think it's, I think it's legitimately a very neat game. But didn't uh, didn't have much chance because UTB Ignition was not a company that was known for spending a lot of money on things. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, throw that one out. Huh. Lot, like, the thing is that a lot of the ones that are really obviously desirable have kind of already gotten had this happen. Mm -hmm. Like, the ones that had, like, really bad... Oh, Wheels is back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the ones that had really bad localizations have oftentimes had those remedied at some stage or another. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think of one that's still Final stuck. Fantasy 8. 
yeah, like that that would be interesting, but I would still be stuck with the fact that like actually playing F of Eight makes me miserable. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it needs a major re remake to kind of bring it in line with better qualities and standards and probably fix some of the things which in retrospect shouldn't have been done in the first place. Yeah. Um, I mean, like putting putting caps on how many spells you can put into a into a stat so that Okay. You don't just jam literally everything you've got into one stat and then get penalized for actually using your magic. Yeah, and like that's that's the problem with like FF8's entire stat system is that it eventually makes it so that like end game the only action you can take that makes sense is to just attack over and over. With twenty years of hindsight and lots of play experience on the behalf of the new generation of developers. You probably come up with some good reason or good things to do with it. Yeah. Uh, the question is, would it be as, um, would it be critically received the same way that the Final Fantasy VII R was done was received? No. Yeah, you would. No. <laughs> no. I mean, as in, would people just absolutely hate it to hate it, or would they actually, or hate it because it was Final Fantasy VIII, not because it was different? It's, it's probably going to be uh, the people who didn't like F of 8 are going to hate it because it's F of 8, and the people who liked F of 8 are going to hate it because it's no longer F of 8. Yep. Which puts you in a... Uh, that's, that's the danger of trying to remake something that was already polarizing. Uh. Oh, uh, this didn't get a, lo a localization the first time, but someone remake Legend of Heroes 2 so I can play that in English. <laughs> Uh, it's it's story sounds absolutely fucking bananas. Yeah, I'm into that. It's an early Falcom game. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's the it's the sequel. It's it's the second half of uh, not really the second half, but it is like the direct story sequel to Legend of Heroes One, which I quite like. So. I want to see what happens. <laughs> Which game were you looking at that had laser swords? That was that was Legend of Heroes one. Okay, yeah, you need more la laser swords. <laughs> Get on it, chop chop. Uh, what a game. Uh, what a charming game. Oh, that reminds me. This is this is not a question of any use, but it was a thought exercise that I had earlier today because I was because I had just played a bunch of East Four Dawn of East last night. And I was thinking about, like, presentationally, what it most reminded me of was Lunar on Sega CD. And it caused me to think that we are, like, one universe removed from Hudson having made a, internally developed a Lunar remake for PC Engine CD. And how, in that universe, there is debate about whether that or the PS1 version is the definitive one. <laughs> <laughs> because Hudson's uh, Hudson's sense of how to remake those kinds of games feels like it would have sanded off a lot about the Sega CD version of Lunar 1 that sucks while keeping a lot of what makes it that version of the game distinct from all the other versions and so there, it feels like in that universe there's like a really good version of Lunar Silver Star to compare with Lunar Silver Star's story and its project 
sorry, it's just thinking about that, and it's just like it's stuck in my mind. <laughs> and then uh, a friend pointed out that the uh, that there's a shot from uh, Lunar Silver Star's opening cutscene that seems to be lifted almost directly from the uh, PC Engine CD version of uh, East Book One and Two, and I was like, "Well, that's weird." But yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, anything else that I want to see relocalized? I crave a relocalization for. Maybe Wild Arms too. That one definitely could use a better translation. Yeah, and that one has like uh, writing interesting enough that I would care to see it with a better translation. Uh, that's one that sticks out. But I want them to leave all of Lizanard's lines completely the same <laughs> because they're better when they don't make any goddamn sense. Apparently the original Japanese was like one long string of lizard-based puns. Which makes perfect sense. Like, what else would you do? Yeah, so, I mean, either leave them as is in their insanity or make it or just really lean in on the craziness. Yeah. If nothing else, I want I want the phrase "the era of the intellectual gangster is over" to stay. That has to. There's no excuses on this. That's high quality. Uh, no, thank you, our noted intellectual gangster wheels. Am, am I an intellectual gangster? What does that even mean? <laughs> that's a that's a debate for the ages, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. What's the other? I'm trying to remember, like, there's a, there's a bit where Liz in while is saying something about like, I'm full of dangerous phrases waiting to be censored. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to remember that line for later. Yeah, let me see if I can find this. Uh, Okay, there it is. Uh, gentlemen don't uh, gentlemen don't like violence, but love the violence of words. Prepare for word torture. I'm full of dangerous phrases that should be censored. <laughs> I I love Lizard. They're so good. Art, art. Or... I just remember um, one of my friends in college could not figure out what was going on with that game, so he just let me borrow it indefinitely, and I would give him reports on how the plot was going. That's a great way to interact with it, because that's a really bad shit plot. But apparently I was better at processing the plot and like, translating it into normal narrative structure than the translators were. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I, was, I didn't even understand why people weren't um, didn't enjoy it as much until i realized that no i was actually i was literally rewriting parts of this game some game's story as i went along mm -hmm. yeah it's like, it like that, I... wild arms 2 is like a wild trip uh just like it's it's touching on a lot of legitimately very interesting topics throughout its plot it's like yeah you know what that does deserve to be served a little better by its localization Oh, yeah, I mean, just attempting to explain to someone what exactly the final boss was. <laughs> it's like, okay, so it was technically an in-dimensional um, 
alien universal paradigm tr attempting to impose itself on our reality and uh, it's it only, it only had a weakness where it was actually superimposed upon our reality but in order to do that without accidentally morphing our world into an indescribable nightmare is to trick it into assuming a, an, an incarnated state halfway between its arrival and total universal domination and so the final villain actually sacrificed his existence in in a misplaced attempt to live up to the heroic ideals of his ancestress and something like that yeah it's a it's a fascinatingly weird game and it's uh, that that concept of the imposition of one reality upon another is also reflected in the way that like the game is often about essentially the weight of expectation uh, not just it is yeah. always on the weight of expectations and how to deal with the with people expecting more of you as the hero or as the descendant of the hero in a couple of cases. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, literally it's a, it's a... every single major character plus two or three of the villains. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great little game that's touching on some really interesting ideas and it deserves a good translation. Uh... Hey, they're making a new sort of game in the series. Oh yeah, no, I'm super, I'm super excited for Arms Fantasia, but I always have a soft spot in my heart specifically for Wild Arms 2 for being so, such an out there game. I mean, like, if that's happening, there may be some chance that they will re-release the other, the first three at least. Sadly, no, because the reason that Armed Fantasia is the game that it is is that they, like, pitched another Wild Arms to Sony, and Sony said they didn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's it's tragic. tragic. That sucks. Sony, listen, Sony does not care if it is not a game that sold 10 million copies within the last 10 years. That is the world we live in. They don't care if they can't remake it in the span of a few years and resell it again at $70. Missing, a key, game, which, missing a key game mode. Speaking of which, listening to a conversation about how Sony could basically become blockbuster only, thank you, Shaman, for this question. In 277, and thinking about how there seems to be a well-sourced rumor of a Horizon Zero Dawn remaster. What's a modern uh, game that actually needs a remaster aside from Xenoblade Chronicles 2? That wouldn't have been my first thought, but I generally haven't played that much of Xenoblade 2. So why does Xenoblade uh, 2 need to remaster? I don't understand. People have been taking issue with its technical foibles since it's released, but... Uh, I never really noticed anything. that would require that sort yeah. of... We're, we're, kind of we're kind of the wrong demographic. Yeah. For, that sort of thing, but like in terms of like a recent game, a recent-ish game that could use a remaster. Uh, like I'm trying to think of anything that's newer than 15 years old because like the first thing I thought of was like, oh, they just did Fatal Frame. They're doing Fatal Frame Four. They should do one through three. It's like those are 20 years old. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of like something. Uh, well, Xenoblade X because you can't play it on me. Yeah. Like that's that's always going to be my answer. It's something you can't play on anything anymore. Like, uh, fucking Trails in the Sky should be on all the modern consoles. Like, remaster that again if you gotta. Uh, but like that—that's fundamentally the—that's that's the fundamental issue behind Sony's current strategy. Like, no one was complaining that Last of Us part, like Last of Us One, got ported to PS4 because like. Yeah, yeah, it was an upgraded port like a year later. But the point is that like you couldn't play it on PS4, so it yeah. made sense to port it to PS4. 
the problem with the idea of like Last of Us Part One or Horizon Zero Dawn Remaster is you can absolutely already play those games. Please put your efforts into bringing back a game you can't play anymore, like Tokyo Jungle or like there's all sorts of like weird old games that you just like Sony technically has the rights to that you just can't play anymore. Yeah. And to me, the, the the bigger issue with a lot of these remasters is they're all focused on updating the graphics and not fixing gameplay they, they are identity lists. Yeah. Like they have no, there's no attempt to make them stand on their own or improve. They're just like, yeah, they, like, they come off as games produced by a company that thinks that the game looking old is a problem to be solved. Yeah, like uh, love or hate it, I think that the remake of Shadow of the Colossus was very nice because it actually improved upon the original game in some ways. The the original game has some very severe uh, technical and frame rate and control issues and hit detection shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they 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 partially fixed that for the PS3 remaster, which would generally be my preference. But it does also have its own issues because the PS3 remaster bumped up Shadow Colossus Colossus's frame rate, frame rate, but did not take into account that your grip meter seems to de- decrement via a frame timer, which uh, meant that you would lose you would lose your grip a lot faster than you were necessarily supposed to. Uh, so it didn't. It by no means yeah. means made the game impossible, but it made it probably harder than it was supposed to be. Okay, r- random aside here, but um, do you know the movie Onward? Yeah, I didn't yeah. watch it, but I know of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my daughters were watching it the other day, and towards the end, there is a, a big battle with a let's call it a dragon. Um, not mm-hmm. exactly, but it looks like one. And just watching part one sequence in that fight, I'm like, somebody was a big Shadow of the Colossus fan. They, there's so, there's a lot of those floating around in visual design. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, seriously, if you get to that part of the movie, you will see it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just the first thing that came to mind here. All right, I'll be yeah. right back again. Also, speaking of things that I'd like to see remastered but that are 20 years old and that aren't available on a current platform, put Ego on something. God damn it. Oh, yeah. I miss that game. And that game's like... Uh, that, that game... Far and poetic and strange. Yeah, and also I think it's I think it's useful to see to play at this point because so many indie games like spawn from its like general style and concept yeah and like it's useful to see like what those were coming from and it's it's still it's still gorgeous it still has like a wonderful atmosphere and i miss it dearly (laughs) i mean and not even in the same not even in the genre you would expect because i remember playing beyond the Beyond the Labyrinth and thinking, okay, this is basically what you get if you cross wizardry with Eco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like those, those kinds of comparisons tend to be useful. But yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just thinking about Eco now. Uh, I remember playing the PS3 version, which was nice because it finally. Uh, that that particular part of that uh, pair of remasters was nice because it finally imported, uh, 
the it finally gave uh, American players the chance to play the updated version that was released in Japan and Europe that had additional ending sequence and the ability to play with uh, Yorda's uh, speech translated when you had finished the game. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? Do you remember the RP Gamer collaboration? I don't think I do. This was um this was way before the, my time on the site, but I was a frequent visitor mm -hmm. at the time. And there was like an event where you had to go find Yorda somewhere on the site. Her um... sprite had been random. Her sprite had been um, put into random pages in different parts of the site, and people had to find it. <laughs> That's cool. Eco was one of those things where, like, it came out, and I was super hyped for it because I had seen like a video of it in like a, a like, uh, PlayStation Underground preview, and I was like, "Oh, this looks incredible!" Mm -hmm. And then I, and then it came out, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is incredible! I hope it does well." And absolutely did not do well, <laughs> did horribly. Which is weird. I mean, it was one of the first. I mean. How many games actually had wide advertising on TV in the evenings? Not, not many. Well, I, I remember Eco actually had regular promotional stuff on Toonami on Cartoon Network at the time. Yeah, I think that might have been trying to aim it a bit younger than was actually going to appreciate it, even though I mean, that was Toonami, my age. Toonami was the evening programming. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, still like it was still like the entire thing was a little a little younger than I think it's like that that feels like something that you would probably be best suited for in like late teens early twenties. I mean, it was in the programming section that was obviously aimed at high school and college. Oh, fair enough then. I think the the other problem is that it was an August two thousand one game, and those people did not have PS twos at that time. No, no, no. That's, uh, they were still rare and expensive. <laughs> so. Not uh, not a lot of options. That's it's a shame. But... And and nowadays it usually gets brought up as sort of a footnote to Shadow of the Colossus. And it's like, no, Eco is still really special in its own way. Please play it. <laughs> it's a completely different experience. Yep. I know that like when it was first... Uh... In production, Eco's working title was Nico, but that was mostly just as a joke. <laughs> Smile. Hey, Wales. Hey. You missed Eco discussion. <laughs> uh, what is Eco again? Ah, oh, you're hurting me. You don't. You do not deserve it, Wheels. You do okay. not deserve it. And is that a good, uh, good way or a bad way? It's it's it means that we're casting pearls before swine. Um, I don't understand that expression either. It, no, it basically um, means you are showing something of extreme value to something that cannot appreciate it. Oh, so you're saying I don't deserve a wonderful game? Is that what you're telling me? That's basically yep. what you said. What is what is Eco? I demand Eco to know. Was, Eco was an August 2001 PS2 game from the uh, team that would go on to make Shadow of the Colossus. It was a uh, oh, oh, action oh, puzzle game. Oh, ICO Eco, yes, yes. Yeah. Have you ever finished that one, Wheels? No. To do that on Adventures in Platforming, it's like four hours long. Okay. Uh, 
and it probably emulates perfectly at the stage. Or you can play the PS3 version, which is very nice as well. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, anything else we can think of that deserves like a remaster? Uh, mm. <sighs> um. Like you look at a lot of things. Monster that, Hunter like, Four. Oh yeah, that's no longer available. It's a three DS game. Um I think it's the best of the classic style Monster Hunters. Like it's it's a more compact and concise experience than generations which you can play in Switch. Which is kind of just and like honestly, a they best could, of they could, game. They could drop fucking Monster Hunter Four Ultimate on everything and probably sell a couple million units yeah but it's one of the ones that's like uh, the story is actually decent and it's well paced and it it's just i think it would still be very enjoyable today even with all the more modern monster hunters games out i think i think people would dig it so it's gonna be a a good way and there's probably a lot of other 3DS games we could bring up in that vein because there's yeah just... the 3DS is going to be like the the place for this just because its library is trapped. Yeah, I mean just that and like Vita because it's just like there's so many games that were uh, specifically all those Vita games that yeah. haven't been. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm thinking of on Vita. Like um, that weird Monster Hunter game on Vita. What the hell was the name of it? Freedom Wars. That Soul one would sacrifice. be neat. Soul Sacrifice. That would be a good one to have a remaster of. Oh yeah, I actually saw someone joking about that uh, earlier today. Let me see if I can find this. I know I've liked it. Um, let's see. Back here. Okay, yeah. This was... Uh, this was... <laughs> Uh, one of the guys from Nintendo World Report, uh, who's, who's occasionally referenced having listened to the podcast. Nice guy, but oh, cool. he said, uh, he said, envelope to head, Oreshka tainted bloodlines, freedom wars, soul sacrifice del- delta opens envelope. Name three games that will never come to Switch despite being perfect for it. <laughs> uh, <gasps> rough times. What's that? I just attacked a turtle. I feel, I feel awful. I'm going to run away now. Thankfully, the thing just seems kind of miserable about it. <laughs> it's dead. He's like, why did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were a monster. <laughs> I forgot there was actual this random wildlife in this game. <laughs> whales, whales, whales. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we think of any anything else? Like, yeah, it's just going to be 3DS games. Uh, I saw people lamenting that Bravely Default is trapped. I don't personally want it, but it does feel like something that should be available. Don't care. What's that? I said don't care. <laughs> I know you don't care. How about this? Bravely Default plus War Hero, Four Heroes of Light combo. Uh, yes, please. Uh, <laughs> Alpha Protocol? Yes, that is available on nothing. Yes. It might still be on Steam. I don't it know is, if it got delisted. No, it's not delisted on Steam. Um, Does it work on X, uh, Xbox Series? Nope. It's not work on Xbox Series. Stuck on PS3. Um, and 360. It did come out on 360. 
I think I tried to play it on Steam Deck and it didn't recognize the controller, although I've seen people able to play it on Steam Deck, so I may try that at some point. It definitely used X input because when I played it on yeah. uh, I, when I played it, I played it on PC with a 360 controller. No, it's probably just a matter of changing some configuration options. So yeah, I think there's that game. That game's really good. Yeah. Um, this is an odd one. It's a game that hurt me personally, but Lord of the Rings: War in the North. <laughs> you just want them to fix it in the process. Yes, but it was uh, a pretty decent. Lord of the Rings game that didn't just rehash stuff from the movies. So remember, remember uh, Third Age. What a game! Yeah, yeah. This this one was pretty fun, and like it's got like, like some some of the odd Lord of the side Lord of the Rings characters. It was it was fun, but very buggy. It's by the. Um, Oh, it's awesome. Snowblind. Snowblind, Snowblind, yeah. And speaking of them... We would have previously done the Two Towers game. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of them, um, I would love the Champions of Norath games to be remastered. Those are weirdly good. Like, I yeah. hate Diablo-style games, but even I like those games. Yeah, it's like one of those weird instances where it's like, um, it's a Diablo-style game, and a lot of those are bad, and it's based on EverQuest, and EverQuest sucks. All of those are bad. <laughs> but it's freaking brilliant, and the sequel's even better, and you can like import your character from the first game. It was just... It was bafflingly good. It's a perfect storm of why is this so good. But it's extremely good, and makes great use of the terrible license, and... Speaking uh, of baffling, yes, synergy. Yeah, speaking of uh, bafflingly good uh, games that are otherwise in a genre I despise, namely the hated Diablo clone, uh, Dungeon Siege Three. Yes, yes, that's not. I love. I reviewed that game. Absolutely adored it. That is a weirdly good game. That was yeah. Obsidian too. I think. <laughs> I think what's interesting about that game is it kind of breaks away from a lot of the norms of. Diablo clones, like the normal like, loop is you're you know gonna look for loot and just look for what's better or try to complete a set and things like that. And that game in a lot of instances it's there was not always like a clear cut this is better than what you have. It was like this is better in these stats, worse than these stats. And maybe that works out better for what you're going for. That maybe might it be doesn't. for your build, but maybe yeah. not. And there were and a lot, honestly, and just the characters played really. It, it it played really well. Like the moment to moment action was a lot better than you would normally get in the that kind of game. Yeah, and like that that's one of those things that like make me like have to evaluate. Like the thing I don't like about Diablo style games is when they become this like the loot is the goal. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about numbers for their own sake. I need to be doing something with those numbers and like. Dungeon Siege 3 had just enough like other things going on that I did yeah. not mind that it was that kind of game. Yeah, and it, ha- it had a s- story with like actual choices, which not a yeah, surprise. Like, it, was, it was still very much an Obsidian game. Yeah, it was. It's yeah. just another baffling. Like, how did this happen with this license? Because Dungeon Siege prior to that had been the game you release that kept it getting sold and released because well, there's no Diablo out now. Yeah. 
in that like 10 year period between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3. Uh, yeah, like there's just anything that's like trapped on 360, PS3, DS, 3DS. Yeah, and there's still a lot of those. Yeah, like the the that generation that generation's lost, and like even though there's a lot of things that even though there's a ton of design trends that I hate the fuck out of from that generation, there's still a lot of games there that are like, oh, I'd love for that to come back. I mean, that that was a worthwhile experience that I love to have be now. able to play all the Sly Cooper games on PSA. Yeah, sure. Wouldn't that be nice? Sadly, yeah. no. <laughs> Can't play any of them right now, except uh, I think they like hinted at the Sly Collection as like a PS Now game. Like, Vomit. <laughs> God, I heard the like we were we were just on backtrack, and someone mentioned the concept of like Souls games on PS Now, and I felt like I was going to die. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very like not that they were suggesting that was like the, a great way to play them, but it was one of those things where it was like I was forced to contemplate like a Souls game with stream lag, and it made it sound like it, it just sounds like hell. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, just... Perhaps the only thing that will provide impetus to them to increase the. Um, or decrease the lag on the cloud. All the developers are trying to play on it too. Man, like Sony, like went hard on the idea of like getting into cloud gaming like ten years ago, and then seemingly sort of gave up on making any further improvements. <laughs> <laughs> because like PS Now has existed with essentially the exact same degree of latency for the last like seven years. That's right. We got to pour one out for Stadia. Uh, do we? No, not really. Fuck it. Pouring out a bottle of piss for Stadia. <laughs> oh, someone that within, someone that... linked a funny image that was it was like, was this linked by the official Stadia Twitter? And it sure was. It was like an image of Stadia murdering the the current consoles. Yeah. Well, that was even weirder because that that image is fucking insane because yeah. it starts because it starts with the stadia murdering an atari for some reason <laughs> <laughs> it's like atari dreamcast yeah. uh, it's like wh why those were dead those were already dead <laughs> what is it killing and it's like it's it, it somehow has killed steam before the ps4 pro a system that was on its way out at the time it was yeah. it was a truly bafflingly tone deaf image in essentially every direction. I don't know what happened. Oh, Stadia! Stadia! You never had a chance. I'm sure yeah. that there were people within Google that had good intentions that might have one day steered that into being an at least acceptable alternative way to play games. Yeah, look, I'm I'm but fine that... fine with the idea of Steam gaming. Like, it's it'd be great for people that like can't afford a full console to be able to, or like just as a way to like, oh, well, this is a non-ideal way, but I can play a legacy title this way, or yeah. you know, like you have a lot of it. I would never want cloud gaming to be my primary way of playing, but as an option, like the way that Microsoft is doing with Game Pass with yeah. the cloud stream, like that that makes perfect sense. Like that is like. Okay, like the cloud version is not the ideal version, but sometimes that's the version you got and you go with it. Yeah. Uh, but like, I just don't want it to be like we're we are going to replace your versions with the cloud versions. I, I don't want that. No, no, thanks. Nope, nope, nope. 
But yeah, uh, and it seems like internally, like a lot of people got blindsided and probably laid off. So that sucks yeah. too. A lot of developers who are about to release versions on Steam did, or Stadia did too, apparently. Yep, they were not told no. before the announcement was made. They just stopped. Uh, uh, but hey, Phil Harrison's 0 for 3 and still rich as shit. Um, let's see. Who's going to hire him next? Whoever it is, like, we'll know who's about to we'll know who's about to lose a shit ton of money. Yeah. But see, uh, but yeah. Do, do we have anything nice to say about the stadium other than what we just did? Uh, it, it existed. It had more active users playing Destiny 2 on it than there were active users playing Halo Infinite on Steam. It's really rough. That's so fucking rough. That's, that's mean. That's a rough thing for everyone involved. Yeah, that's... More players that. than Babylon's Fall? Well, well I mean, significantly. there's more people on this podcast than there were active players at that level. The, the point where Babylon's Fall hit one active player in the world was uh, truly a dark time for everyone involved. Oof. I still don't understand why they released that thing while well, Square Enix did when they already have one of those out. Which one? Uh... Was it Outriders or Outworld Outriders? I think Outriders That's... was like fucking greenlit by another like part of the company. That's so stupid. You already have the thing. You don't need two live service RPGs. Action RPG thing. What the fuck? I mean, by that standard, they had like three. Because Avengers was also supposed to be that. God. You always forget that. You always uh, forget what? That that is a live service game. Because <laughs> I've only ever played it as a single player game. Yeah, no one wanted that to be a live service game, and that was obvious from the way people approached it. But, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Square Enix Europe was the one that green, the one that they just divested themselves of. It's the one that greenlit... Uh, Outriders, so that makes perfect sense. That's weird because Outriders is one of the things they actually kept. Yeah, I, I mean, they want something in that space. And yeah, they've just cut, divested themselves of two of them. <laughs> so it was like, because Babylon's Fall is gonna be deep in the cold, cold ground not too long from now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess Stadia was actually a decent way that people were playing Destiny when, you know, they're probably away from their home consoles and things like that. So, you know, like we've discussed, streaming does have its uses. It's just like that platform sucked. Like pushed it the primary one. Yeah, no, that platform sucked. Like the technology apparently was good, but like. Presuming you were in the right circumstance to have a decent connection. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, if if I had that, if I had that and had an actual computer, I'd like to be able to also actually just download the game. That's why. If they had just made it so that you could like download games as PC games in addition to streaming, I think they would have basically solved all their problems instantly. Yeah. 
Apparently it was just Linux. So it's not like people would need anything yeah. special on their home computers. That, that shouldn't have surprised anyone that that's yeah. what that was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it, it legitimately would not have made sense to make entirely custom internal hardware and software. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you bother? Just, uh, just roll up a Linux environment. Yeah. But yeah, like, let's see. But yeah, that's, uh, I think since we had kind of a long podcast, I would be fine with ending a little early now that we've hit the questions we've got, uh, comments. Is that, uh, is that good for everyone? I think so. Sure. I feel like today, was there some other topic I need to bring up? My brain is failing me because I stayed up till almost four last night. How are you alive? I don't. I don't know. You have to wonder sometimes. I don't know. Uh, oh, Final Fantasy VII First Soldier being shut down kind of sucks. Oh yeah, R.I.P. That seemed like a decent enough little uh, way to to spend time. Yeah, it was a perfectly cromulent little um, battle royale. Uh, obviously, pulling inspiration direct from others, but not ne- not in a bad way. Just like a Final Fantasy VII themed take on that, and it was it was pretty nice. So yeah, it's a shame. Uh, but uh, Square Enix doesn't really have a great track record with the those games, so not surprised. Also, it, mobile was the wrong platform for that. I, I really think that. I think if it had been a PC game, they would have. I think they would have been better off. But oh well, it did. Uh, R.I.P. First Soldier. You were a reasonable. You were at least an entertaining game, even if you failed to do what they wanted you to do. So, shall we uh, commence to plugging? Dehumanize yourself and face the bloodshed. Yes. Ooh. Uh, oh, let me stretch here. It's been a while. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, so let's see. Plug mode. Initialize. Okay, so <clears throat> Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yadimizu, available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. If you enjoy tabletop RPGs, if you enjoy watching other people play them, and that is an entire thing on YouTube right now, if you love to live vicariously through other people's poor dice rolls and poorer personal or interpersonal decisions, um, then we have all that in handy ebook and print formats. Uh, ebook forms are episodic, um, nice, short, easy to pick up, easy to read. Uh, paperback formats are collective. So you get more, well, technically, okay, so the ebooks are cheaper collectively than the paperback, but that's how printing goes. Um, yes, so if you just want to see some, read some silly adventures of people playing tabletop role playing games. Then that's P- um, Princess, uh, uh, blah, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yadimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. 
available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Good luck. Will. Oh, you can catch us on Sunday nights on this very Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash askwheels, doing Sunday night shenanigans where we play multiplayer games and generally mess around. Uh, last week we played Overwatch 2 while talking about Falcom games, which was a weird uh, juxtaposition, but it was, I thought it was quite entertaining and seemed to get a lot of people um, uh, watching the stream. It was a good time. Uh, this Sunday, Dave's going to be away, so I think Joe and I are going to get another Overwatch 2 stream in while he's away. Did not terrorize him with that. <laughs> I may very well be gone for the following one as well, because I won't be arriving until very yeah. Sunday. Well, I think, the, so, yeah, I think the Sunday after that, we're actually it's just going to take a break. Um, and mm -hmm. no, there will be no Q&A quest next week either. I may do some random stream of something that night, but the regular show, show. And um, a little late getting to the final episode of um, Klonoa Adventures in Platforming, but we will get to that sometime in the near future. And then on to other platformers. I'm probably going to do more one episode, one game after this. And But uh, Klonoa seemed short enough that it deserved to, to play all the way through. So eco probably could be done to stream. So we'll have to do that. Yeah. Someday. So we'll probably yeah we'll probably do eco too. So and uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, you can watch us record this live Wednesday or Wednesday nights midnight Eastern time ish uh, on twitch.tv slash askwheels and be sure to check out the main RP Gamer Twitch channel as well. Twitch.tv slash RPGamer, where we've got more hosts now and lots and lots of good content. So check that out. That's it. You stand on the city of disaster, the beast city, where the biological intelligence in artificial system, what we call bias, locates. Nobody knows about what has been going on bias. You could hear nothing but deep breathing of bias. The only way to survive is dehumanize yourself and face to bloodshed. The hell is that? <laughs> is that, what <laughs> that was that was a uh, that was a that was the opening text crawl of a PC eighty eight game called The Screamer. Oh God! Dehumanize oh. yourself and face to bloodshed is an incredible phrase. Um, but yeah, uh, still working on things, but they probably won't be up by the time that I leave because I'm I've just been very tired this week. I've been so tired. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, thank you to uh, uh, Strawberry Eggs, Shaman, and uh, Fireminer for their questions this week. Uh, you can ask us questions in chat uh, during streams, or you can ask them in the comments section under this very episode on RP Gamer, or you can ask them in the RP Gamer Discord, which you can get to by going to the community, community tab of RP Gamer and clicking through to get to the Discord link. It's a lovely community whether you want to ask us questions or not, and it allows you to discuss all and sundry, whether it's your favorite RPGs or just something else that's on your mind. Uh, 
otherwise, uh, I think that about wraps it up. So, see you, Space Cowboys. See ya. And I don't know what's good for